over the sale what all the sugar daddies on. Look at the sugar daddies. Anybody know which, which all they're on? Good. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. The boys are back in the Classic Factory here on a Monday, May 2nd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last, certainly not least, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the video, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, comment away, share the show, send in your questions too, all week long to nodunksattheathletic.com. My man Tassie was looking ahead at the playoff schedule and you realized no games on Thursday night. Interesting. What a scheduling twerk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, Friday prime opportunity to hit the beach absolutely an all beach episode i say right yes why not get your questions in <laughs> no dunks at the athletic.com tweet them in at no dunks inc or leave them in the youtube comments okay right into it we got two uh bangers to talk about from sunday we'll get into the joel Embiid update with his injury look ahead to those games on tonight but we'll start with grizzlies warriors why not the warriors rally after the draymond green ejection beat the grizzlies in game one 117 116 what a game Let's start with just basketball in Memphis. That was great. <laughs> a second round game. It was just it felt so good for that to happen. It hasn't happened since the Warriors trumped the Grizzlies back in 15. We were there in January. It just felt amazing to have basketball there. I read a blog post on Grizzly Bear Blues today. Mm. Made me tear up a little bit because <laughs> the writer was actually tearing up. There was kids involved. There was crying involved. Anyways, forget about that for a second. That's wonderful. The juxtaposition of this is the Grizzlies messed up. They needed to win this game real, real bad, unfortunately. I think this is the Warriors series now. After what happened, I, I didn't want to start with all the officiating crap, but the fact that Draymond Green goes out in the first half for a Warriors team that really has one-and-a-half centers. Kevon Looney played the second half and started there. You know, James Wiseman is out. They had to play tiny and they won this game, and it was uh, it was a lot of heart, a lot of fight, and the fact that, yeah, John Morant can't be stopped. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a great game, cool. uh, but there were so many coverage lapses there for the uh, Grizzlies in the fourth quarter where Curry was missing open shots and Clay was missing open shots, and John Morant missed two opportunities in the last 30 seconds to win this game, and the Warriors just out scrapped the Grizzlies. They played Andrew Wiggins at center for the last two minutes. Andrew Wiggy had a huge offensive rebound. He's leading this team in rebounds throughout the playoffs. He had eight boards in this game. Everybody chipping in pool with this 31. Uh, you know, Curry stopped John Morant on that yep. opportunity with 30 seconds. He said, I shut that shit down. He did block John Morant there. Clay with the three. Uh, he did miss two free throws. But uh, they escaped with a win there without Draymond Green, without uh, a guy who can come back now after being tossed in the first half with Brandon Clark of the Grizzlies saying post-game, ah, that happens. That guy is known for getting tossed in games. I think that screws the Grizzlies a little bit. I mean, Draymond Green's got something now to play for to shut. <laughs> now, John Morant down to some degree because it's going to be hard to shut Jaron Jackson Jr. down. But I just think all of these factors 
with Morant going for 30-plus, Jaron Jackson Jr. going for 30-plus, and them missing so many coverages and them getting calls, not only the Draymond Green ejection, but all these other bogus things that happened. Uh, it sucks for the Grizzlies that they didn't get this one. I mean, it just felt good, Grizzlies basketball, back in the second round, but um, the Warriors just did enough. Just enough. Yeah. All those guys contributing. Kevon Looney, he had a pick and roll where he got a pass and drove the drove the lane and scored. I'm like, what is happening here? That's Kevon Looney. I think they all just chipped in just enough. They came out of that locker room and, and shut down the Grizzlies in a game that they absolutely should have won. Demoralizing loss for the Grizzlies, like Pass said there, all things considered. They should have had this one. This is, I think Tim Kawakami of The Athletic said it felt like the Warriors took more than a 1-0 lead last night <laughs> uh, with that victory. Do you agree or disagree? I mean, it's just one game, but this definitely felt like a stealing of a Game 1 win mm-hmm. for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh it seemed like everything went against the Warriors, which means Memphis really should have won this one. Probably the only bad bit of luck they really had was that Desmond Bain didn't really get on track at all, and he was maybe their best player uh, in the first round. But yeah, seeing Clay Thompson miss a couple of free throws, you're like, those are a couple of points right there that the Grizzlies could uh, could um, take advantage of. So yeah, I'm kind of with Tass. Like, the Grizzlies didn't play incredibly well. The Warriors didn't play incredibly well. But you could see the championship pedigree that the Warriors have to make enough plays down the stretch to play defense. Clay Thompson, like, forcing Ja to have to keep going left rather than be able to go straight up at the rim and maybe draw a foul or something like that. Just tiny little plays. Steph Curry on defense was enough to pull uh, the Warriors across the line here. So, yeah, I thought this was an awesome win, especially for the Warriors. They won the rebounding battle in this game. Like, Wiggins has been amazing on the glass. doing exactly what he needs to do. Like, if he's not just out there to get, grab offensive rebounds, it really helps the Warriors because they're going to be playing small, especially once Draymond went out. But, uh, yeah, the Warriors, they contributed last night. Yeah, They probably didn't deserve to win that game, but playing the way they did, they did. What do you think, Lee? Well, they scouted the last play really well as well because they saw what Jar did against the Timberwolves and they were ready for it. And he got a good look. There was nothing wrong with the look. Yep. I mean, that could have easily dropped in. It just didn't. So instead, it's like great big win here for the Warriors. But I think the Warri- I think the Grizzlies are still going to feel okay. Yep. They hung with them well enough. Jaron Jackson, if he can play like this because he struggled in the first round, six for nine from three. He was throwing the ball, just shooting free willy out there and they were oh going God. in. Did you see that free one willy. replay? <laughs> that <What>? one replay <laughs> that shows willy. the lack of ball rotation on his shot yeah it was like you know what I'm talking about yeah. it's like no. from behind yeah, and, and it was a real close it, yeah. it's crazy how yeah. little it actually rotates he shot but he was on fire uh, uh, I mean just, I'm a little question <clears throat> like is he going to do that again? Well, that's is he right. Knock he shot out six threes again. He shot thirty percent in the first round, yeah. um, and a couple of these ones were sort of like you know hero ballish. Oh, he was feeling it, but uh, fine, they went in. Yeah, yeah. and, and Jar Morant was great, but Jordan Poole, I think for the Warriors was incredible in this game. Uh, some of the passing, he almost had a triple double off yeah. the bench for yeah. them. So it feels like Steve Kerr has decided, okay, we're going back now to him coming off the bench. And how tough does that make it now for the Grizzlies when you've got a guy coming out of shooting like that, but passing as well? He made some incredible passes there, Jordan Poole. The growth he's shown this season. And from where he was at the start, just firing away to now, he's like patient, waiting, making an extra pass, making the right play is incredible for them. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I've, got, I've picked the Warriors. Well, we didn't, I suppose, do it, but I would have picked the Warriors to win the series anyway. Yeah. But I think it's going at least six or seven. The, the Grizzlies, they've got that sort of young, arrogant swagger where they're like, they're not intimidated at all. And you saw Ja Morant down the stretch there, just going inside, believing in himself. But... A couple of times, I will say, that offense was a little bit stagnant, too, down the stretch, where it was just like catch and shoot a three. They need to just keep moving the ball around, I think. I would add to this list of great contributions from Warriors players, I don't think we said his name yet, Gary Payton second. Mm. You'll get the start, 
John Morant doing work on him, but then, I mean, he was playing down the stretch here, and you talked about Wiggins doing work on the offensive glass. How about Gary Payton? Yeah, huge one. The, uh, yeah. the second, I mean, he had a big dunk in this game, too, but holy crap, it felt like he was coming up with, like, timely rebound after timely rebound, even the one <laughs> where he grabbed it and then he bobbled it while he was falling to the ground, and then we had the whole thing, like, who's it out on and all that, but he was awesome, uh, too, for them to pull this off. What would you think about the Draymond Green Flagrant two call. I mean, let's let's get to it. We might as well. I mean, uh, he had his emergency podcast. Oh, no. That's Uh, why he wanted to get off. I think he's like, well, we were hoping he was going to do it at halftime. That's what, uh, you know, NBA Twitter was uh, wondering. But he waited till after the game, after he celebrated in the uh, hallway there with his guys pulling out the victory. But um, I guess two questions. One, do you think the officials got it right that he should have been ejected for what he did to Clark? And then two, if you don't, or maybe even if you do, like, will the league rescind that at all uh, from mm. a flagrant two to a flagrant one? What do you think? It was wild because they had Steve Javi come on, the official come on and say, yes! it's, a, it's a flagrant one. You know, the the fourth <laughs> official, the, the voice of God come on and say it's a flagrant one and the officials go against that and call it a flagrant two. And all of basketball Twitter was saying, no way, that's a flagrant one. Right. Even if it's Draymond Green and people hate him. They were just calling it a flagrant one. Can't toss the guy. I will say, though, I think all of our opinions were sort of colored by the fact that there wasn't a really good replay of him smacking the crap out of Brandon Clark's face. You had to go. I had to go deep into Twitter <laughs> uh, to find a smack of Brandon Clark's face. He did smack his face. Yeah. Now, Brandon Clark can take a shot uh, like he's Chris Rock up there. He just handled it so well. He just... I mean, he didn't move. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, was part of how why people thought it was a flagrant one. And then some people thought, oh, he was holding him up by his jersey. <laughs> he was trying to save him from falling. Because right, he grabs onto his jersey and then to he throw tries him to down. sort of then, then try yeah. to keep him up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. but first he tried to throw him down before he tried to pick him up. It was like a flagrant one and a half. I mean, it's a basketball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. like there were two flagranty parts of it. Yeah, smack the face see... and yank him down. But we didn't even see. I think the replay. I think that's a part of. It. I agree with you. They, the one they were showing us on the broadcast of the smacking in the head. Every time you saw that one angle, they showed us like, did he? Eat? You couldn't even really tell yeah. if he had hit him in the head and I, how hard he hit him in the head. If he grazed him and all that. And then there was another clip going around. You're like, oh yeah, he really he did hit him. And that's a flagrant one in today's game. It just is. You're yeah. hitting the guy in the head. Uh, that, yeah. That's going to be the flagrant one. It then comes into this whole, yeah, did he did he pull him down? Should he be like, uh, you know, almost rewarded because he's trying to keep him up at the end and all of that? But you can see why the refs were like, it's a flagrant one for the hit, and yeah. it's a flagrant one because he pulls the guy down out of the air. Now, I'm, I disagree overall. I think it should have just been a flagrant one in a, in a in a big playoff game. You don't want to see any sort of player thrown out for that. But I guess that's their thinking. That's yeah. how they got to flagrant two, right? Exactly. You get the flagrant one, no doubt, for the facial contact. That's an easy flagrant yeah. one right there. And it's almost like a precedent-setting sort of thing, I think, uh, calling it a flagrant two, because you don't want to have players grabbing each other's jerseys when they're in the air. And I know Draymond didn't really grab the jersey that much and yank him down. There was certainly jersey contact. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there's not a flagrant 1.5, because that feels like yeah. perfect to me, like... It wasn't bad. It was it wasn't a, a nasty hit, I didn't think, from Draymond on Brandon Clark. But also you do have to protect the player who's jumping up in the air, so you can't say it's okay if you kinda accidentally grab somebody's jersey, because then we'll have a bunch of people accidentally grabbing jerseys. So right call and wrong call at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like we didn't want to see Draymond ejected. No, they right. will probably rescind this to a flagrant one. Do you think one. they will? Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. Uh, just because we, just because this guy's the points man, you know. Well, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, he's going to be com- campaigning for it. Yeah, he'll yeah. get an automatic suspension if he gets a flagrant two yeah. again in the playoffs. Four but, flagrant foul points, yeah, and then yes. you go. Yeah, um, and already he has two points, right? Yeah. So you're right. The, the rule says <laughs> if it's interpreted as unnecessary and excessive. Right. I think it was excessive in that he yanked him and got him across the face, but not unnecessary in that he was it was a playoff foul. Yeah. So it was more than a flagrant one, but not quite a flagrant two. <laughs> well, Therefore, I, I, I agree. I think yeah. I, I did my adding up of how they got to flagrant two. I think they gave him straight up one flagrant point for the hit to the face. He hits him in the face, and again, some people say, did he really hit him that hard in the face? He didn't wind up and smack him, but generally, I'm with you, Lee. You pop a guy in the head, and uh, you're going to get yeah. the, the flagrant, the one. I think they then gave him a half a flagrant point for the pull down. There's that. You guys are saying one and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder, did they give him the final half flagrant point for Draymond's reputation? Let's be honest. I think it does come into play. A bit of a clueless officiating crew. They had a bad game overall. Yes. There's that. And then the Grizzlies crowd did a great job of <laughs> him out. firing well, him up, applying him pressure, out, yeah. throw him out. Yeah. I think that's how you get the one, the half, and the half, and then you get to the two. But uh, yeah. I wonder, I really wonder if the league will rescind this uh, or if they'll like stand behind Kane yeah. Fitzgerald and the boys and say, <laughs> Kane and the boys. Clark didn't leave the game. He's not injured. So, you know, maybe they do look at it. But the thing is, when a guy's in the air and you grab his jersey like that, that's dangerous in basketball. Yeah. That yeah. is dangerous. And Draymond was careless in his action there. I don't think he was malicious, but he was sort of careless because he got beaten. He fouled him and he just said, well, you're definitely not getting the shot up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, history now will become a factor. It's like, can we trust Draymond to go out there and not get another flagrant two at all for the playoffs? Probably, but... <laughs> really? Well, I mean, <laughs> a flagrant... You know, he walks a very fine line, Draymond. And then all that carrying on afterwards with the crowd. I don't think that helps his case I don't case think it either. helps his case no. either. With the league rescinding. Exactly. I that's don't that's where I think the lead will just say, if you didn't do that, maybe we, 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 <laughs> uh, we take it back. But I think they do have to stand behind the officials and say, okay... Like we're saying, it wasn't quite flagrant two, but it was way more than a flagrant, or, or more than a flagrant one. So therefore, <laughs> well, hold on. But who knows? Man, because this is like our problem with the dunk contest. We have no uh, yeah. half points to give on dunks. <laughs> but Draymond, I mean, it's like an eight or a nine. Uh, why can't I give it an eight and a half? The, the Stephen Adams thing. He was kicking guys in the nuts until he, he got finally got caught up with him. So he needs to be a little bit careful in how he does. It's not going to change at all. No, I know, but... No, I mean, I can't even, like... That's why this being rescinded or not is actually important. Like, you can't convince me, like, that this could, if they went on to the second round, or the third round, excuse me, or even the finals, that, like, uh, the flagrant four points coming back to haunt him again, like we saw in the 2016. I can't believe we're still talking about (laughs) this. That's crazy. We're still talking about these points, like we were talking about... In the 2017 finals, so they don't 16, start again. They, they don't start again in the in the next round. Or yeah, the they start just in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what that's. I think the the agreement that we came to is start it every single playoff series. If you're doing this points <laughs> thing, I mean, two flagrants in one playoff series, suspension, but one in each series. I mean, two flagrant twos throughout the playoffs. Come on. <laughs> oh, come I, on. I, I mean, that's too much. Too, I know, but the way they're calling the them. entire playoffs is too many times to get a flagrant two. I don't know. I mean, he went after the ball. I think it would have been way worse. It would have been a flagrant two, undoubtedly, if Brandon Clark throws his head back. Yeah. And, or, 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 or he's just, you know, crumples to the ground or something. Yeah, or something. I mean, yeah, he yeah. took it really, really, really well. And yeah. and I think, yeah, the consensus with Steve Javi in, in, in the uh, watching the monitor and all of us was so different because we didn't see a good replay. We just didn't. So like, you where think was the that officials, I, I don't Kane know if they and the got boys, it were maybe seeing different? Angles. Yeah, I think so. Well, I yeah. think they saw that one where yeah. he got he got shocked. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that the 
Warriors were able to bounce back right into the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, I am happy in a way, and I don't. I want. I, I want the Grizzlies to make this a series, but I'm kind of happy in a way that the Warriors won this game, and we're not leading the show with this Draymond Green talk, and they didn't have a oh, center because Kevon Looney came out, and and everybody boarded. Yeah, Wiggins and Peyton and all that, and the Grizzlies. Otto Porter Jr. Even yeah. Yeah. eight boards for Big Otto. <laughs> Otto <Otto-man. Porter. laughs> uh, Yeah, it was phenomenal, and and the Grizzlies got to take solace in the fact that. Gary Payton, the second, started in this game. The Warriors made their first adjustment pre-series. I mean, the Grizzlies are forcing the Warriors' hand, and Morant went off. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he was great getting into the lane. Now, I'm worried about both Grizzlies' three-ball shooters. Jaron Jackson Jr., 6 of 9, and even Morant shooting 4 of 11, yeah. uh, just allowing him to shoot as many as he wants. I don't know if that continues. Yeah, you're right about Desmond Bain. He stunk. Dylan Brooks also Stinky. shot selection stunk. Oh, um, Dylan Brooks. His shooting man. style is Dylan Brooks worse. goes from like Kobe to John mm-hmm. Starks yeah. in like the blink <laughs> of an eye. From it's it's really really amazing because. I mean, your tray off camera is doing this here. Like, yeah, get, get out of here. He stinks. But he, he doesn't. Stinks. He doesn't stink. He does. This he is does. the thing. He, he'll he have a 25-point game, <laughs> and he fine. plays hard defense. I'll take Melton over Brooks all oh, day. No, I, just, I think you're going too far. But I won't deny that the guy is, man, when he's off, he is off, and he doesn't care. He's like, he has no, like, ooh, Conscious. I'm one for ten tonight. Maybe don't jack this one. I agree with that. He will – I mean, I guess it's a – it's a it's a curse when in those games where he doesn't have it going. It's like, dude, don't take that. You're forcing that. But he will. He will have good games in this series. He's just crazy polarizing. I think of all the Grizzlies, he's the most likely to leave at some point because I think they're building around other guys yeah. looking oh, forward. For sure, for sure. Uh, I, I thought he could have been the guy who was moved at the deadline. Anyway, it was, uh, it was a rough one for them. I, I think what's more likely to happen, Brooks and Bain shoot well or... Clay and Curry hit some threes. I think it's Clay and Curry hit some of those open <laughs> right. threes because they were they were just getting wide open threes. The Grizzlies were making too many mistakes, and and maybe the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know. Jaron Jackson Jr. He can hit shots. Maybe he continues. I, oh, he's gonna have. I think like it's more likely he has another game like this in this series. I mean, six threes is six threes, and he was letting them fly. Uh, but like what compared to last round where it's just like yes. you know he was couldn't stay on the floor and stuff like that. He just has there's more of a role for him here yeah. because of also like where he can operate in this game that he's probably not picking up a bunch of dumb fouls. So he'll right. just be out, he'll have a chance to be out there more. So maybe he can replicate. That. I thought he should have played more in 31 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what people were saying. I was kind of odd. Yep. But yeah, he's got a great great opportunity and so does Morant. I mean, they started Gary Payton the second, but how do you how do you slow him down? Um just hope he misses some shots and give him the three ball, which they did. So that's that's a smart move, I think, by the Warriors. But they, I don't know. The Grizzlies do feel good going into game two. Uh, but the Warriors do too. They're like the, they're like the <laughs> yeah. old Raptors losing the first game at home. They just That's just their way of doing it, you know, and then they bounce back. But uh, I wonder what they're going to do here with the uh, starting position because Tillman, again, there's no point in starting him, I don't think. I, I, I would bring back Adams at this point and just see if he can have an impact. He wasn't really obviously effective in the last series, but... I think it'd be better than what they're getting out of Tillman at this point. He is in health and safety protocols still. Stephen Adams oh. is, um, but I'm not sure when he comes out of mm. that. Yeah, he was. Why don't they just start Brandon Clark? He's yeah. been awesome the entire playoffs. You could play your two best big guys all the minutes. Yeah, mm. I think that would be a smart move. And I actually think that Gary Payton the second should probably go to the bench for the Warriors as well. It was a little bit of an overthink to me to start him just because you want him on John Morant. Like, the Warriors are an offense-first team. You saw with Poole starting there in the second half, they blew him out in the third quarter, and that's really where the game turned because... 
the Warriors are impossible to defend, and you're forcing John Morant into a lot more actions if he's got a D up on uh, Jordan Poole, who obviously had a, a major second half. So I would expect uh, I would expect to see a little bit more of that. <laughs> the new death lineup, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, coming into game two. Yeah, and more Otto Porter. I know, you know, he's just a name who's thrown out there, but the third quarter was key and the beginning of the fourth quarter without Steph on the floor uh, where they need big man defense. I know, Peyton, it's it's interesting, and you throw him out there on Morant, but Morant's going by everybody, including Peyton, uh, and the big man defense was key, obviously with Draymond Green out. Uh, I think that's the most important part, stopping John Morant is stopping him at the rim. And uh, Porter's Porter's their next best big man uh, mm-hmm. besides Draymond Green. You know, Looney did a good job when he was out there. Uh, it seems like the Warriors do have options. That the guts for Steve Kerr is, is pretty amazing. That the guy who was 15th on their roster, the 15th man, barely made the team in the in training camp, is starting here in the second round. <laughs> yeah. uh, they just throw out whatever starting lineup they want, and it seems to work. Obviously, I mean, they could have easily lost this game with all the missed shots. Curry missing and Clay missing. Yeah. Uh, this, that's why it stinks for the Grizzlies. Is that it? Just felt felt like this one was needed uh, for them. It was a big game for jump balls. Oh God! <laughs> it's a good Practice point. your jump balls yeah. uh, because I think there was you know not the ones like obviously start the game stuff like but like three like three, yeah. really key like we got to grab this uh, yeah. and there everybody and you go just to go back to your idea of like you're almost happy the Warriors won in part because of the Draymond injection right. maybe it shouldn't have been but then if they had gone on to lose the Warriors you know the uproar of like what are we doing with instant replay where <laughs> we seem to use it all the time except when there's five seconds left in the game and we're not sure who it went out on at the end uh, yep. and like, oh, well, just jump it up oh, we God. I mean that is pretty crazy it is crazy yeah but uh, obviously they escaped the Warriors it was I like, understand they changed the rules so yeah the referees wouldn't be looking at the monitor to see yep. who it who it. Remember last year in the playoffs, they were looking at the monitor <laughs> like every five seconds, yeah. like every play in the last two minutes. So they changed that, but that should be looked at in Secaucus, right? <laughs> it should be looked at in Secaucus. Yeah, because they got it wrong too. They got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, it was going to be the Warriors' ball. That was it should have been. Grizzlies, and they, How did and they, they got the jump ball. Talking about the last last yeah, one. Yeah, 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 and that was um, that led to Jaws well, miss. Yeah. Yeah, is that the one where they, they did a jump ball, called yeah. the timeout, and then they drew up that beauty play to yeah, get him yeah, moving, yeah. and obviously because there was one jump ball where they reset the shot clock to twenty four, <laughs> yeah. and that was weird, and then they put it back to fourteen <laughs> when the Warriors got possession, yeah, which was weird. Even Mike Breen, I think, on the call was a bit surprised on that. Um, so I know you guys were busy this weekend. You were camping. You were doing indoor skydiving. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to hear about that uh, <laughs> later, but. Uh, did you have a chance to tweet your prediction? Because I, I got mine out there. I said Warriors in seven before the game. Maybe you didn't. Or what, no. What's your prediction? Let's get those on record here. I know you got a game under your belt now. <laughs> no, I was going to pick the Warriors anyway in probably six because okay. I think okay. the experience does get them uh, over the line here in the end and they'll have a chance to close it out at home. I think that's the key here. Okay. Uh, Warriors, honestly, looking great again. You know, Without Steph and Clay being like super, super Steph and Clay, yeah. I think once they get back to Golden State, they're going to be uh, a, a lot tougher out there. I can't believe this team now has the advantage of like, we have Curry and Clay, two of the greatest ever when it comes to shooting the ball. And it's like, well, now one or maybe even two of them can play bad because we have a third guy that's basically just doing an impersonation of them. I keep saying this, but it's like, it's blowing my mind that Jordan Poole is proving in a lot of these games here, in the playoffs, high stakes moments, that he's like, can do a hell of a job replicating like what they do. I mean, he was awesome. I mean, you don't need to beat that drum. But uh, okay, I have Warriors in seven. I made that one prior to this game. I do think it's going to still be a series. Though that one is tough for Memphis to lose. Uh, but where are you going? 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to say what I thought my prediction was before game one. I would say Warriors in six as well, okay. although it feels like it's going to be a little shorter now uh, wow. with what happened. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, the Warriors got a feel-out game, and and like you said, the, the offensive lineup is, is smart, but Jordan Poole will continue to come off the bench because he is a John Morant pylon. John Morant can go around him. No problem. Uh, so... I didn't. I, I mean, they have to play many. off him, have him shoot threes. That's what that's what the Warriors were yeah. happy with in, yeah. in the entire first half. I just think it's like it's strange to me that Steve Kerr sees this incredible lineup of Poole, Curry, yeah. and Thompson, and says, "Hey, how can we make this easier to defend? What if we put another guy who can't shoot out there?" That's very strange to me because they just blew him out in the third quarter. It's so easy for the Warriors when all three of those guards are out there. You have to guard them to thirty yeah. feet. Poole was twelve for twenty, also had nine assists. Like. This is easy. And when you're bringing him in off the bench, he's the one guy who you really have to target, and that just puts a target on his back for uh, for the Grizzlies. So I think it's it's better for all involved if he comes in, uh, if he starts the game, and then you can bring in Gary Payton when you need to for defensive purposes as uh, well. Yeah. So. He's flipping it around. I think Kerr's thinking, yeah. like, we need to slow them down. We need to be a little more athletic. And so, yeah, that's why he's starting GP uh, defensively, but it didn't really even even work though he contributed to this yeah. game as we talked about it. I thought he was huge yeah definitely much. definitely yeah. He, and he should play a lot and he should yeah. get a big chunk of the minutes on John Morant for sure yeah. but I mean he can do it off the bench as well but uh, I'm Warriors in five and I would have picked that beforehand they yeah. looked awesome in the first round and I thought the Grizzlies looked super inexperienced and that's kind of how game one played out yep mm-hmm. uh, any other notes from this game one mm. really entertaining I mean, yeah. you can't ask for a more entertaining uh, game one here in the second round I don't think nah. 117 uh, I'm pretty excited to see T. Morant running up and down He's uh, he was getting into it I think with uh, Del Curry or he's, that's who he wants to you know. <laughs> this guy loves yeah. talking to other dads uh, yeah, he must yeah. love birthday parties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you get to give him some pizza and ice cream man and he'd be happy as Larry <laughs> yeah. okay. he must love him too because he's the coolest looking dad oh, yeah. Yeah. for sure oh, yeah. far, yeah. far cooler Nora, than Del yeah. Nora saw him just watching the game sort of sitting there watching the game with me and she's like who's that they keep showing him like oh that's John Moran's dad she's like there's no way that's his dad I'm like I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, look how young he looks. He's a granddad. How old's John Moran? I'm like, well, he's like only 20. And yeah. he's like, well, John's got a baby well, yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, what? <laughs> she couldn't believe it. Uh, and she did see the, uh, when he had the sunglasses on, at least, the uh, Usher comparisons too. So, but he's, look, he's, what a, what a series for him. Yeah, yeah, I know. And leading into uh, being the first hater for his son and all that, he played like crap. Hugging his son's opponents when yeah. his son lost a home playoff Crazy, game. Crazy, that part. Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little weird to me. Yeah. Like, really? Having some time yeah, for Steph. Yeah, is he a Steph Curry fan? Do we got to get his dad a Steph Curry jersey, and then wow. John Morant has to get his dad a John Morant jersey? <laughs> I mean, I think it's like Steph is at that point where everybody is just in the the respect mode. I think, I th- like everybody <laughs> I on agree. Twitter, yeah, everybody on Twitter, like Damian Lillard's, you know, said that's a closeout win or some professional win, like that kind of thing. You know, I think everybody's just like. I don't know. The pendulum swung. People hated Curry, and now it's the going the other way. Like everybody respects him. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into the uh, tea leaves. Tea Morant leaves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a GP. Are you with me in yep. Game One? Oh yeah, yeah. we <laughs> have a church. Good. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, this might so. be uh, some of the last Mark Jackson games we get oh, on the right, broadcast. Right. <laughs> With all due respect, it may be. If he's coaching the Kings by Wednesday or something like that. Uh, any other notes well, on, on just, this game? Just the, as I said about Brandon Clark postgame, he said Draymond Green is known for that kind of stuff. I don't think that's good. No, I don't I'm think. Did he, hey, did he say his name? 
did he say Draymond Green's name, Brandon Clark? And the only reason I asked that, because I fired up Draymond Green's emergency podcast that he did right after the game, and he wouldn't say Brandon Clark's name every time he talked about <laughs> the uh, flagrant. It was it was like so weird to me. I was like, does he legit not know his name? Is this like a power move not saying his name? I was so confused. Like, just say his name. His name's Brandon. Or say Clark. I was confused listening to Brandon Clark. Definitely never heard him talk. That voice... <laughs> That voice came out of nowhere. <laughs> but it's a real deep bass. Uh, I had no idea that was coming. I mean, he was asked about Draymond Green, and he went on for like 45 yeah. seconds yeah. about it. Uh, so I'm not sure if he, said, think his he name. said his name. I don't think he did either, uh, which is uh, so you're funny. You're looking at the transcript? Uh, I am looking at the transcript. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's scary, though, I think, because uh, Green's going to be ready in, in game two just to mess things up. Mm. Uh, so I, th- I think that's worrisome. Like, the Grizzlies were dancing out there. I think that's great for them. They're feeling themselves. You know, Ja was was dancing when Bain put up a three, I think it was, or maybe it was Dylan Brooks. Well, he also was when Kaminga couldn't stop him. Right. Like, I can't stop him, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so they got to – listen, they have to feel good in that they they feel so much better than the, the Wolves series, but the D coverages are a problem mm. uh, with, yeah, the three shooters out there. So I, I'm a little worried that the, the Warriors are going to feel good – Real good in game two. Any other notes? Uh, this isn't this isn't hardly a note, but yeah. you mentioned there were a lot of jump balls, and I feel like yep. the way that the the players who were not involved in the jump ball, you know, the other eight that aren't there, crazy lineups. Like they were just uh, usually it's like one 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 one. You may be finding the pocket to tip it to, but it was like. One team would overload one side. Yeah. One team would overload the other. I think there were a lot of like mismatches for the jump ball, so you kind of knew who was going to win it, trying to get in the right spots. But uh, I would love to be a jump ball like sicko, yeah. like really get into the ins and outs of the plays of it. Because uh, it was always like the coolest thing if you could actually pull off a play off of a one jump ball. You know, like you win the tip, somebody sets a back screen, and suddenly you have a yeah, wide open yeah. layup. If you ever pull that off, it's very cool. So I'm very interested in the alignments hey, of the sure. players standing around. I kept thinking about our jump ball robot idea, too, because, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, in the, the one thing they did good in this game, the officials, they threw a fair jump ball. I thought for the most part, I am a bit of a jump ball sicko. I thought it was pretty straight most of the time. But, you know, we've talked about the, the little Roomba yeah. coming out there, firing it straight up in the air. And then back to your point, Trey. I mean, is it almost weird that they... It, when we do a jump ball that we just don't stand on, like, five, four guys back here, four guys over here, and let the two guys just see if they can get mm. it back to their guy. It's sort of funny when you think about that there is, like, this jockeying for, like, gaps and positions. Why do you want to be so close? So <laughs> strange. Yeah. Back it up yeah. a little bit. There's uh, room yeah. for innovation there, for sure. I would throw the ball higher, though, and faster. Don't give them that chance, because they're always, like, going over each other's yeah, arms like that. Just, just go in there. super high. Yeah, wait, and when, when they're not ready, then just go like that. And That's then, why the, the robot would be great. Yeah. Just fire that thing up, up there, like, yeah. 15 feet in the air. Yeah. Kane Fitzgerald's a good name for a robot, too, I think. <laughs> Yeah. I am King Fitzgerald. <laughs> All right. Let's take our first break, but let's hear from you guys. Uh, your Warriors-Grizzlies predictions here after game one. Have you changed your thoughts on the series? How many games? Let us know in the stream team and in the YouTube comments. And what did you see from that game? We'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll obviously talk about the Bucks and Celtics. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. 
Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. That's it. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know if conditioner yeah, or something I, yeah, applied. Yeah. Conditioner applied. <laughs> I was confused. I thought we were going erectile dysfunction. So I. I mean, I don't so know what happened. I. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, pitch a tent. All right, let's go. He's going to roll with it. But uh, no, no. Hell of a swerve from, from Roman Emily, if we're being honest. Uh, their fingers and everything. Mm. Eh? A little down low, a little up high. Okay, uh, let's get to the Bucks Celtics game. Giannis with the triple double helps. Milwaukee beat Boston. The Beantown boys take the loss in game one. 101 to 89. Pretty dominant victory here, Trey. It's just one game, but no Chris Middleton. No problem for the Bucks. Light work for Giannis in game one. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, two blocks in the win. A dominant game, and he didn't play anything near an yep. A-plus game in this one. Took 25 shots to get 24 points. Thought the Celtics did a really good job of making him work hard inside, making him think about attacking and Horford did a pretty solid job one-on-one yep. on one against Giannis unfortunately Giannis now has the bronze and the brain sometimes he overpowers people to the rim which we saw sometimes you play incredible defense and he just throws the ball off the glass to himself for an alley-oop in the fourth quarter of a playoff game but a lot of times he sees what you're doing and picks it apart finds the open man 12 assists for Giannis Seven of them were three-pointers. One was a layup, and a couple of more were to Drew Holiday for like a 10-foot jumper, which is basically a layup. He's seen every coverage at this point. He knows when you're building a wall, and he's improved his passing. So, honestly, what are you supposed to do? Like, I mean, no. what are you they supposed to do? They played pretty well against them. Exactly. All that being said, the Bucks really won the game to me. In the third quarter, when Giannis went to the bench, 337 left in the quarter, picked up his fourth foul, uh, reaching for a steal. Oh, dumb foul. D- oh. He dumb knew foul. it too. He was dumb like, foul. oh God, that was stupid. Right call, dumb foul, yep. but a uh, great time for a Celtics run. Instead, Drew Holiday held it down, kept an eight-point lead for Milwaukee, hit a jumper, hit a layup, played defense, kept the ball moving. It, you know, they didn't take more of a lead. They didn't lose the lead, but that's exactly what they needed. No backsliding because Giannis checked in right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, dimed somebody up for a three right away, kept it rolling in the fourth uh, Giannis scored seven of his own. He had three po- uh, three assists in the fourth quarter. Drew had nine in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks rolled. The Celtics looked a little bit outclassed in game one. Looked like uh, they had to play against the defense for the mm. first time in the playoffs, I thought. But I think they'll have a better effort coming back in game two. This was just a perfect recipe for a uh, Milwaukee win. A ton of Giannis, a ton of Drew Holiday, and then a big physical defense and enough three-point shooting. So this was good stuff uh, from Milwaukee. This, to me, wasn't stealing game one, uh, like the Warriors stole game one. This was the Bucks just straight out winning game yeah. one and looking like the better team. Yeah, uh, a couple of things I noticed. I thought, first, I'll start with the Celtics. Uh, they had so many bricks yesterday, too. Just shots clunking off the rim. Uh, the Celtics got a lot of three-point opportunities. They took 50 only made 18. The Bucks. that's what they want you to yeah, do. They'll say, that's the game shoot all you want. Then if we're just going to pack it in tight. And so inside, they only had 10 field goals inside the two-point range. So that's really good. But I think, I, I just don't think Boston's going to shoot that badly. I thought they got enough open looks. They just missed some bad ones out there. Uh, Marcus Smart, 
thought he was done for the series at one point there where he, it looked like his shoulder was out, but he came back. There's so, a stinger in the Yeah, uh, so that's great. But for Giannis and... and but, but he also has a quiet injury too. Yeah, he, do, yeah, he did get beaten up yeah. a bit yesterday, yeah. Um, but for Giannis, yeah, the, the 9 for 25 certainly is deceiving. He played much better than that as far as uh, scoring and shooting the ball, but it doesn't matter. They've got a comfortable win. And here's the problem, I think, for the Celtics. While they don't have that one individual defender, they've got incredible team defense, Giannis can go all day. He can just go all day. Burke on the broadcast, Doris Burke, I think she's like, he's a waif. He just does not stop. He doesn't. (laughs) It's true. I think he's like a white walker, man. He's a damn, he just keeps coming and coming and coming. Like you can see a guy like Embiid sort of get fatigued. He looks a bit slower and heavier at the end of the game. Giannis is like, he just hasn't taken any sort of stop off in his, uh, drop off in his intensity there. Now, will the Bucks get uh, those sort of three pointers they got? You know, uh, Pat Pat Connor hit a couple of great, they can. They're going to need them, I think, uh, in every game of this series because I just don't think you're going to have quite so many open opportunities as they got in this one. I just think you're going to have to knock those shots down when they get them. But overall, this was like the Bucks. Trey mentions no Middleton. They was like, who cares? We'll play with what we've got out here because Giannis can just do everything. He's so patient on offense. Now, mm-hmm. he's got that good handle where he can dribble, dribble, dribble. He goes into the mid-range. He goes in for the layups. He took a couple of threes. He, didn't, he only took two. They weren't that good, but... Uh, Man, this is a problem here for Boston. But I also think they're much better than they performed in Gamma. I think, wow, that was a huge step up going against uh, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I think they sort of thought, we've got a we've got a run in us here. We're going to get it. And it just never came. Oh, I mean, it felt like they were down 8 to 10 points. Yeah. In, like mm-hmm. basically the, the entire game, the second half at least, yeah. after they gave up the lead. They just could not get closer. And a big part of that, of course, was Giannis. And I think, uh, and Doris also said this, Drew Holiday just seemed to have a, a timely shot at him. Yeah. Every time yeah. the Celtics, maybe we're getting something going. It would just like he would just go to you'd go to Drew or he'd get a good look off of Giannis pass and he finished with twenty five and ten, and uh, you know he stepped up. We talked about going into this series. I remember like Drew's gonna have to play, he's gonna have to fill the Middleton void at least when it comes to scoring the ball. And obviously at least through game one he did. And I think he took it a little personal too. Maybe Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> he's like I'm not so sure he's the best defensive player guard you know in this league. And because I thought he was awesome, he was a lockdown defender yesterday. Totally. And when Giannis went out with that fourth foul, as Trey mentioned. The fourth foul, bad. The third foul, also weird. He shot a free throw, and then he yeah. went in to go grab. You know, yeah. weird, he went to go grab the ball. Weird call. So he goes to the bench, and Drew Holiday, yeah, stepped up big time. It wasn't a, a, a taking over like Drew Holiday, yeah, doesn't really do. But he was just doing the smart things, hitting the smart shots, playing really good defensively. And I thought the Celtics thought, well, this is our time with Giannis on the bench, and kind of rush him sh- some shots. They just don't know where the shots are coming from uh, yet in this series. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the big worry, though, is Marcus Smart is beat up yeah. big time. Jalen Brown uh, also oh, beat up. I mean, he That was the worst bad. game I've seen Jalen Brown play in a long time. Yeah. And he, he, he knows it, too. And, he, and I, think, I think he was a little hesitant. He's got a hamstring injury. He was a little hesitant in the fourth quarter. Like He didn't shoot a three. He was 4 of 13 overall. He had a wide-open three. That's JB time, baby. He and should he shoot the ball, but he passed it to ball PP. Over yeah. left and right. Yeah, he was not right. And that's uh, – there's just they're, – they're getting – they're getting a little bit banged up while the Bucks are getting stronger. I mean, the Bucks, yeah, they chilled out in the regular season, said, all right, we'll have a middle-of-the-pack defense, no problem. We'll give you the second seed, no problem. Uh, but they know that the best team that's the last few months is on the other side, and they were ready to play. And, and I guess, you know, that experience from the conference finals last year helped where Giannis went out and Brooke and Drew uh, and Middleton stepped up big time. Mm-hmm. And now without Middleton, uh, they were – 
They were ready to step up. Drew was big. Uh, you know, the, the four minutes left in the fourth, um, it's just these little tiny Drew plays that mm. seal things. Uh, he, he hit a three, then he came back and he got a deflection and got the steal, then walked up into another three. And then the camera went to Brad Stevens. Yeah. Brad <laughs> Stevens in the, in the press week. What a time to put the camera on Brad Stevens because he walked out of the suite when the Celtics were down 17. I mean, mm. that couldn't have been scripted any better. <laughs> what if he's just taking a piss? No way. He said bye to people. Yeah, he said bye. I always wait. say bye to you guys when I go take a piss. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. Never know if I'm going to see you. <laughs> you again, never man. know if you're coming back. Uh, and I don't know if the Celtics can come back from this. Obviously, they can play better. Yeah. Uh, and they shot 29% from inside the arc. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was horrendous. Uh, and, and Tatum looked comfortable. He he looked really good. Mm-hmm. He looked good shooting his shots. But uh, it just looked like in the lane, like there was two monsters jumping at every Celtic that went into the yep. lane because they're so comfortable sitting back, Yanis and Brooke Lopez. And uh, the, the Celtics got to get happy in the mid-range and start shooting oh, yeah. those shots. Interesting, interesting. I mean, that's like you said, this is the Bucks game plan mm-hmm. under Budenholzer. We'll let you shoot your threes. We're going to protect the rim like crazy. And yeah, Brooke Lopez, man, what a monster. Mm-hmm. Just like, he, I think he's getting bigger and bigger. Oh, he's getting more nimble, I think. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he's been moving around really well. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he didn't play a match. He didn't play whole season. Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. so he should be fresh. But uh, I would be a little bit encouraged if I'm the Celtics, because I think Tatum can go to work, honestly, in the mid-range. Yeah. They should try and put Brooke Lopez in more pick-and-rolls and just tell Tatum, don't attack at the rim. Just pull up and hit yeah. a mid-range jumper. That shot is there. Uh, just because Brooke likes to play and drop coverage and he likes to be at the rim. So I think that shot is there. And I thought the Celtics also got quite a few good looks off of Tatum handling the ball. The Bucks would send two. They would kick it. Al Horford has to become the Nick Vucevic. The shot is going to be there. He's going to have to take it. They're going to have to get better shooting uh, from their role players. I mean, they made 18 threes. Four of them came from Tatum. So only 34%, I think, for the other players outside of uh, JT there. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they can be better. You know, they... They, this was obviously a step up in competition. They were even saying that Al Horford said there's levels to this, and yeah. they were at another level. But there's just got to be a different way of attacking because, like, driving into Lopez and Giannis, it doesn't make sense. Like, think about how the Celtics have been so successful at defense. Horford is there at the rim, and then Robert Williams is kind of helping over the top. That's the same thing that the Bucks are doing, only they've got slightly bigger, slightly more athletic <laughs> yeah, guys. Monsters, so yeah. more experience. the mid-range game is going to be there for Tatum. He's just got to embrace it a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually think this would have been a worse blowout if uh, Time Lord hadn't done such great work along with Horford uh, defensively. I thought he was awesome. Like like you're saying, like they did great on defense. They only gave up 101 points. Uh, you know, a bit of garbage time at the end, so you can get rid of all that. But like that was fine. But it was the Bucks' defense was just as elite as we saw from the Celtics over the last couple months. And like they got to figure out, you know, their shot selection. Like you guys are saying, because um, fifty three pointers is not going to do it. I, I mean, that's I think you're just playing into the Bucks' hands here, unfortunately. But I also don't know how you score over these guys at the rim. They're just monsters in there. So it's got to maybe it does have to be that mid range mid-game uh, sort of work here. Yeah, well, it's just uh, the Bucks are a good defensive team, but they got also good contributions from, like, Bobby Portis. It's like mm-hmm. he needs – those are the guys who need to all chip in to cover the, the Chris Middleton shots and minutes there, and uh, I thought he was pretty good for them. Wes Matthews, actually, defensively, I thought he was good. So he's throwing his body around. He's like, all right, I'll get on the ground. I'll get dirty. They definitely came out with some physicality. Yeah. The refs were letting them play in this one. I mean, th- this I thought there wasn't like a, you know, a tight whistle. And it made for an enjoyable game in, in, in that regard, I thought. Like letting them actually be a little physical, uh, both sides for the for a mm-hmm. good chunk of it at least. But yeah, also the Celtics just got to shore up uh, giving up all these fast breaks. 
Bucks scored 28 points to eight in fast break points. Like, these are going to be... There were, and a lot of those were sloppy turnovers, like, trying to, like, thread these passes that are just, like, the holes are not there. It's too tight. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just such a difference going against the Nets. Yeah. Uh, to There's the no Bucks, defense. And they just weren't ready to... <laughs> Intensity, to, for sure. Yeah, they weren't ready to get back on every possession. The, the positive sign for the Celtics is if they hit some mid-range shots, if this game is close coming down the wire, maybe the Bucks miss Chris Middleton. And right. and that shot creation and and that's that's got to be their hope uh, because they did a great job on Giannis and and, and they got to figure yeah Drew if you want to beat us that's that's probably what the Bucks are going to have to do from the perimeter so if it's close game down the stretch you know it's uh, Tatum versus the the guy who really is huge at the end of games for the Bucks it's Chris Middleton in these close games so they just got to start a lot better. Um, and, uh, yeah, take some Bobby Portis shots. I mean, Bobby was shooting from the mid-range. Uh, he, he was backing everybody up with the goggles, talking smack. Uh, that was cool. That uh, was cool to see. Bob- I mean, the yeah, confidence on these guys. Portis was, awesome, jumper, was. Yeah. Portis was great. Yeah. He dominated against the Bulls. I was a little bit skeptical that he'd be able to keep it going against the Celtics. I just didn't think the matchup was going to be as good. But he took it personally, and he yeah. said, uh, if I'm staying in the starting lineup, you're going to see exactly why. Schumann had a great clip of uh, – Bobby Portis just running back in transition. Like Bobby Portis is running harder than anybody on the Celtics. He's mm-hmm. slow, but he's running back really hard, and that matters for fast break points. The like good luck slowing down the Bucks in transition. They have Giannis. He's the best transition player maybe ever. Maybe only LeBron is uh, ahead of him, but you're not going to stop him in transition. But if everybody's as committed to getting back as Bobby Portis was, as Javon Carter was to picking guys up full court, you could just tell that they're like, yeah. this is playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. We know what it's about from game one. The Celtics know what it's about too, but they didn't have to go through anything in the first uh, series that they played. So... Good stuff from Milwaukee. How concerning is Marcus Smart's uh, health here? Maybe even Jalen Brown's. Like, because uh, I thought Smart when when with the wild green hair there, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I thought before injuries <laughs> were, uh, you know, picking up in these yeah. games, he was pretty good in the first half in terms of like controlling the tempo a little bit. Well, they, they he's their bulldog on yeah. defense. You know, he got a couple of charges there yesterday, so absolutely they're going to miss him if he can't play. Um, but when he did pop that shoulder, that was crazy like because yeah. it sort of the play stopped and then he sort of yeah, like yeah. went running off there like that but I would definitely be concerned if Jalen Brown's hamstring is uh, causing him yeah. any problems because he was huge against the Nets and they need him to be huge in this series he got the shots there last night or yesterday he had 13 nine threes he took him. He just couldn't knock him in. So I just uh, I think this one is one of those ones the Celtics maybe had a little bit too much time to prepare and uh, were a little bit rusty and also I just think they thought man we're a really good team we smoked the Nets, uh, and they weren't quite as ready as they needed to be for the Bucks. Mm. Uh, any other random notes from this one? The only one I have is the refs not knowing who Jack Harlow is. Do you know who Jack no, Harlow is? No, I was with the refs on that yeah, one. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if you knew. <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> Played in the celebrity game, yeah. right? did he? Mm-hmm. I know Poppy Harlow, but not Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> nice, else? nice. Tass, anything else from this one? Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, this is... Uh, is going deep here, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Bobby Portis takes off his goggles every time he leaves the game, <laughs> and he put it on that that little tiny scores table yeah. where Celtics fans are sitting right behind. I mean, they're expensive seats, obviously, they're right there, and the goggles sit there until he comes back in the game, like ten, fifteen minutes later. So, what do you want people steal to them. steal them? Yeah, they're Celtics fans. I'm surprised that and, and Stafford doesn't hold them for him. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they're just they sit there in the exact same spot. He <laughs> takes them off, puts them down. It's not like you know when you take off a a jacket or pants and they're inside out and the poor equipment manager's got to like come on man now i gotta put these back right side out 
That sucks for the equipment manager. Every time, every time somebody takes off a jacket, the sleeves go to the inside. Yeah. Like he's a child. Like, put it back. I would, I would be so angry if I was the equipment manager. Every time. Get back to them inside out is what they should yeah. do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, you left it. Sucker. Yeah. So you want maybe... Well, maybe next level is the Celtics fans take the glasses. Or just like and pretend. Like, and pretend. Like, uh, pull, pull a, a weird Jason Kidd move, you know, where he asks the, his player to splash a drink on him. Pretend that you're a Celtics fan. You jump up on a great play and you accidentally <laughs> knock oh, the glasses wow. like 15 feet. And maybe they land on the court and maybe a ref steps, steps on them. You know? Mm-hmm. At least something. Yeah, at least maybe not steal it. If you don't want to get kicked out of the game, I get it. The cameras will catch you, but something. Those are those glasses are important. And Bobby Bobby was great, obviously. The sprinting. What a, I couldn't believe John Schumann pulled that clip. I watched the whole game. I didn't see Bobby sprint like that. I was, he sprinted like like a real slow guy. I don't even know how to call that. I mean, his sprint, his hands were like oh, yeah, up above his full, head. Full body sprint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. full body sprint. Um, Wild. So we, we were split on this series, if I remember correctly. We had a couple people going Celtics. We had a couple people going Bucks. I think Trey and I had Milwaukee mainly because of the honest factor. And I think we're feeling good after one game after that. Yeah. And then, yeah, you guys go Celtics. So I guess what I'm getting at, any uh, quick mulligans on this series after what you saw? We're pretty confident still, Boston can do this later. Uh, I, I think they'll be much better in game yeah. two. Yeah. Um, that's all. I, it's it's uh, They were too good, too impressive in the first round to think that uh, they were almost due for a bit of a stinker in that sense. Okay. You know, but, but Giannis, I mean, uh, that's the thing is collectively, yes, they can slow him. <laughs> Individually, and this is, you know, to Tass's point, like late in the game, if you do send double coverage, then some whoever is open is going to have to hit that shot. Now, Middleton's not an option for them, but if Bobby or Drew or Pat, you know, whoever's out there, Grayson Allen. I mean, he, you, you don't have to love Grayson Allen, but he can hit that shot. Yeah. That's where the, the they. It's not a weakness for Milwaukee anymore because it's like, okay, you defend him straight up. He's going to beat that defender. Throw a double at him, and someone's going to be open. So uh, I, I like that. But uh, just to back to Bobby Porter too, I think he's like uh, Horacio from uh, CSI when he puts his goggles on before he checks in. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's time for Bobby. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll throw a link in the comments to our CSI video that uh, we filmed in two thousand. 2011. Yeah. There you go. Um, and you're not changing your prediction? Well, I mean, that's just a, a lame, that's a cheap way out. Lame thing to do. That's yeah, a lame thing to do. Uh, the Bucks, I guess they fooled me. They fooled everybody that they've got this this other level. I guess I couldn't remember, you know, a year ago where they won that thing because they were able to take it to another level. Mm-hmm. But this was, uh, yeah, this was this was yeah, championship. Incredible defense. So I'll stick stick with the Celtics long series, but uh, yeah, I, I think the the Bucks are the clear favorite here now. Okay, well, let's move on to at least uh, one of the game ones tonight uh, because we have some news about it. According to Woj, there's optimism. 76er star Joel Embiid could return as soon as Game Three or Four of the East semifinals against the Heat. He is not traveling to South Florida for Games One or Two, so he's not playing in those games because of the uh, orbital fracture and the concussion. But Lee, a reevaluation mm. on Wednesday could clear the way for his return uh, when this um, series shifts to Philly. So, how do you think the Sixers adjust to no Embiid here um, tonight in games one and two, really? And then, do they have a shot in this at all? Now that we sort of have an idea, like, I think what we're getting at is he's probably coming back in, in games three or four. Yeah. Maybe masked up. 
he'll clear concussion protocol. So he will be coming back. And, and what impact does that have on the series? Uh, yeah, I don't really think there are a chance in Miami to win either of these two games, but not just because Embiid's missing. I mean, Miami's great defense. They're the home court advantage as well. And they're the favorite in the series. Uh, and it makes a huge problem because they don't have anything that they can sort of throw in as a reliable backup in terms of his scoring and his ability to play making just his impact I mean he's you know second or third MVP voting this season so it's going to and you're not going to throw DeAndre Jordan out there to start I think. Oh, I, Doc Rivers says hold my beer uh, Reed I mean that doesn't do anything I think someone like Niang may, may yeah. go out there just to give him some shooting and their best chance is like spread the floor and see if we can just get hot from outside because the big problem they have as well is how they're going to stop uh, out of bio. What are they going to do? If, if you just run pick and rolls and just throw the ball out of bio, he can get a dunk every single play down there tonight. I just don't think they can stop him. So defensively, they've got a problem. Offensively, they just have to hope they get hot. And maybe Kyle Lowry's not playing as well in yeah, this game. He's, he's out, out for game one for Jimmy sure. Jimmy Butler's had some injury concerns. Yeah, PJ Tucker is also, I think, questionable. So maybe there's a chance for them to steal it if there's just not the same bodies there for the uh, Miami Heat. But you really have to... It needs to be a perfect storm of everything to go Philadelphia's way. I think in these first two games, just to get just to keep it close. They're, Miami's seven and a half point favorite tonight. Uh, even that to me seems a little low. I probably would have had them double digits. I, I just think they've got way too much power, and uh, Philadelphia just doesn't have anything to to sort of compete with them. What do you think? I'm a little worried that the Sixers do go with DeAndre Jordan because Doc is a traditional man. Yeah. Um, and Maybe go old school, start him up with a post-up, just like in the Clippers <laughs> days. Yeah. That's what he always wanted when he was getting those uh, getting courted by the Dallas Mavericks. Right. So you're going right. to be a, a post-man. <laughs> and uh, maybe Doc remembers those days. I hope not. I, I, I hope... George Niang on the perimeter sounds wonderful. The Hawks were able to <laughs> delicious. Uh, the Hawks were able to get open shots from the perimeter against the Heat. It's if you try and go inside, you're screwed. And uh, that's that's. I mean, the, the Heat are an incredible defense. Uh, but if, if you can surprise my guess, I mean, I'm not optimistic uh, about the the Heat losing either Game One or Game Two. But the good thing is, if you start Niang, Bam Adebayo isn't a, a traditional scorer inside. Maybe you can throw a body on him to slow him down. So, yeah, I think they should go on the offensive and uh, try and get a shooter out there. I think that would be the way to go and start it instead of DJ or yeah. Paul Reed. Any Paul. Any Paul. Paul. Not Millsap. Yeah, Paul there's Reed another one. Paul Millsap. Yeah, yeah a lot of good choices on the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> bench. But, I mean, that's what happens when your MVP goes down. you got to put in a guy yeah. who's not the guy. So, I, I'm with Lee. I think the, the Sixers just need to tilt the math in their favorite. Get as many threes up as possible. If Bam beats you inside, he's beating you with twos, which you can live with yeah. if you're making threes on the other end. So, I would assume... A lot of James Harden pick and roll. Uh, maybe you're trying to pick on Max Struess more than anybody else um, on the Heat, and then just drive and kick. Get as many threes up as possible, and if you shoot 45 percent, 50 percent, that's how you steal one of these first two games with him beat out. Yeah, I uh, I think they can do it actually. The totally, can steal yeah, one of totally. These. I think Harden has to have one special game in him here in in Miami. The Heat can be bad on offense. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, for sure. that's a great point. And, you know, you know they are missing guys here. I think Hero's even questionable. Well, he's he had a game. cold or something, yeah. so I'm sure he's yeah. playing. He'll infect everybody else out there. Um, but, yeah, I think they can do this. I think Paul Reed actually will get the start. I think that's where Doc will go. I mean, he was getting the backup minutes there for, for mm-hmm. a beat in, in the uh, Raptors series. Um, oh, jeez, if he goes DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think he'll go Paul Reed. But I also love the idea of George Niang as sort of the small ball five and, and sort of at least – open up the room for maybe Harden and Maxi to uh, to attack and get inside there and, and then be maybe met 
by Bam and stuff mm. like that. Though that's the whole idea if Niang's out there that he's maybe pulled away a little bit. Uh, but I still have faith in the Sixers uh, splitting this. And like that's really like they have to look like start looking at this series as just like little mini series now with the no Embiid. It's like the game plan is to get one. Just get one of these games before we head back to Philly. Now, I know that's the game plan for most series, but yeah. especially in this case uh, with Noel jo- no Joel. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for this one tonight here in Miami. I think it's a 7 or 7.30, 7.30 start, I think. Oh, we got nighttime basketball again. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Uh, you're a fan of nighttime basketball? Uh, I much enjoy nighttime basketball. No nighttime games Saturday or Sunday? Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Watch Hawkeye. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched. Uh, I watched Moon Knight. I'm all caught up on Moon Knight. Oh, see, I'm way. Be- I'm way behind. I was still enjoying Christmas time with Clint Barton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he made it back. He always keeps his promise. <laughs> Spoiler. Sorry. 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 Oh. Sorry. He made it for Christmas. Yeah. Dude. Loves his family. <laughs> uh, what'd you do? Uh, I didn't watch anything. What did I do? Are you I ready for the hockey on, playoffs? On, they yeah, start tonight. Absolutely. Your Flames are in it. They are. Yeah. Are they playing the Predators? Couldn't tell you, my man. <laughs> because <laughs> no uh, idea. we're just a five-hour drive from Nashville. I've always, <laughs> oh, wanted to wow. go to, I've always wanted to go to the Gaylord Center. I think it's called that. Or it <laughs> really? was called that really? once upon a time. Cool. may have changed names. Gaylord's part of it. I don't know if it's center. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Nashville at Colorado, though. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. not Calgary. It's a long no. drive. That's, that's tough. That's they tough. were they were lined up to, to play the Preds. Uh, yeah, and I thought about going to Nashville to watch Stanley Cup Finals game a couple of years ago. Look at you. It's a great game live. Oh, it is. It's Stanley Cup Final. It's not Finals. Mm. I said Stanley Cup Finals. Wow, wow yeah. Way to catch yourself. Grammatically. Uh, you they think- hate saying finals. There's one final. <laughs> While the NBA says there's lots of finals. Mm. It's the NBA Finals. No, it's multiple. There's four, at minimum, four games. Games, yeah. There's know. just one final. Like the Super Bowl's a final. But what do you, you don't yeah, call you it say your grand, grand final. final. Yeah, we say grand final. It's one it's game. One game. It is one game. Good yeah. point. We call yeah, it the finals series, like the finals. Oh, good, you're right. The grand final. Yeah. Um, anyway, you yeah. said James Harden. It took us a while to get to James Harden. Yeah. James Harden's pretty important in this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will he? Will he show up? He loves five spread. I mean, he that's yeah. that's his thing. Uh, if he can do it, so we'll see. Um, just back to hockey. Okay. That's more yeah. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think hockey. a Canadian team's going to win the Stanley Cup this nah. year? Been uh, 30 years, hasn't it been, since the, the old uh, uh, Canadians. Montreal Canadiens really? yeah. in 1993? Patrick yeah. Waugh standing yeah. on his head. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> been a while. Well, look, the Leafies Flames are... before <clears throat> that, not too long before that, right? In 89. 89. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've had, like, the Flames made it. They went to the, the finals. The Sens made yeah, it. Canucks went the to Canucks the Canucks made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah but uh, can't do it. Canucks, I think, should have won. I think they were favorite when they were in it. But, uh, yeah, you got the Leafs. You got the Oilers, of course, <laughs> and, the and the Flames. Yeah. Three chances, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Connor McDavid, man. He's going to bring it home. Oh, they play Los Angeles in the first round. Tough one. Oh, Tough man. one. Okay. They're at home. Home ice. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Chris Cuthbert on the call? He's great. He's... <laughs> Keep going. Keep oh, saying all the hockey things. Well, when I first moved to Canada, and I, it was Edmonton and Dallas had a great series in Chris Cuthbert. All I can remember is Zubov and Mike Medano. <laughs> I had his jersey. <laughs> oh, the Flames are playing the Stars. Wow. There's yeah. a tie-in. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Would you like them when they were the North Stars or just the Stars? North Stars. Wow. Big time. Minnesota North Stars. I like oh, yeah, specific with my stars. <laughs> yeah, keep them northern. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay, any uh, any other thoughts on, uh, you know, this, this Embiid injury, obviously the idea of him coming back, what the Sixers do, anything else? Well, what will happen with Pascal Siakam? Will he get suspended? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. But, but. The guy's got a broken face and out for two games. And uh, 
the league. I mean, they must be sort of at least considering. Like, do we have to sort of suspend him for one game for that? I mean, wow. I mean, you don't think they would have done it already? Well, probably, at this yeah, because it happened. I mean, on, they're not uh, doing it. Yeah. I mean, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just. It's almost like, like if he doesn't break his face. Yeah. Then there's nothing, but it's almost like. But do you don't do you not think that was an incidental oh, elbow? Yeah, to of course it was. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course it was. But but he did break a guy's face, so <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, and and he, you know, the two games minimum, he may be out for the entire series, which you know, it's That's, almost like that would be unfortunate. Yeah, I hope not. it's almost like they they just almost have to say, well, we're just going to give him a game just because he missed. Four games. The mm. guy who we hit. I do not think that's going to be happening. I think that sets a weird precedent. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't. Play. I don't think there was any intent or maliciousness there. But again, guy's face got broken in a play. So, yeah. but they also know. looked at it in. I know. In, I know that in I the know. play at the time, they changed the call for crying out loud. At that time, it was yeah. called a defense foul. They called it an offensive foul. Some uh, of those are called offensive flagrant fouls. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes when you swing through with the bows. Yep. Um, that one obviously was not. And so, yeah, it would be really weird to go back four days. Oh. It was on Thursday to say, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing because we didn't hear about it till Friday afternoon. Uh, we were making our predictions for the Heat Sixers yeah, series yeah. without knowing and B yeah. was uh, obviously going to miss some time here with the, mm-hmm. the fractured face and the concussion, I guess, mm-hmm. is the real big part of this too. Um, yeah. Well, you talked about it on your weekend shift. I did, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you have any thoughts on, you know, look, Jack Armstrong on the Raptors call is basically saying uh, karma, you know? Yeah, it's in B, dropping airplanes, and then, then he gets On injured. On the exact now, same play. I mean, going back the other yeah, way, he goes yeah. from airplane to, uh, yeah, broken wing, broken, yeah. uh, <laughs> no. No. I mean, the nose the nose of a plane. <laughs> but indestructible. Uh, no, they oh. could be destructive. Oh, okay, well, there you go. We had this, we sat on the tarmac for an hour and a half last week because something was going on in the nose of the plane. Damn. I mean, it wasn't damaged, but uh, I think it was the computer system in the nose. Uh, the booger. <laughs> um, anyway. The booger system. Uh, well, well, okay, hold on, though. What do you think about, you know, Raptors Fast. fans obviously applauding and cheering that he got clocked in the face? Well, Because like, there's a lot of upset Sixers fans that I was talking to on the weekend shift. About, you mean the fans in the arena? Yeah, live. and the Jack Armstrong thing and all this. And I guess probably some, I'm sure some Twitter fans, uh, Raptors Twitter fans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, loving it. What's your reaction? My reaction is uh, I understand what Jack was saying in the moment. Mm-hmm. If he if he doesn't if a guy is not injured, you know, it's it's in bad taste if if he knows that there's an injury he didn't. So it, that that's that I mean that's where the line is drawn to me. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like going at I don't think he necessarily went at Joel Embiid. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. If you went at him, it's you can't go at a guy like that and try and injure a guy. But he didn't. Right. I don't think right. so. That's that's what it comes down to. Are you trying to injure a guy. That's what it comes down to to me. What do you What do you think? And you're definitely more likely to get injured if you hit somebody in the face. So I assume Jack Armstrong's going to apologize. I, I mean, think it so. looks bad. It looks really bad on the Raptors and their broadcast crew to be saying you got what you deserved, and then it turns out what you deserved was yeah. missing two games and likely coming back with the mask and going into concussion protocols and that kind of stuff. So I assume he'll probably apologize, which is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was a bit like the Kevin Durant thing, like when he went down in the finals and fans started cheering, like initially you're like yes that guy is out but you realize like you shouldn't ever cheer an injury like mm-hmm. that no one of course knew at the moment that that uh how severe it was on Embiid it was more just sort of like oh he got bopped in the jaw or something like yeah. that so if people you know realize that and look the Raptors just got punked at home as well 
fans were obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're emotional and they see a guy sort of parading around like that. So it's an impulsive reaction, but it doesn't make it right. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think Jack Armstrong's probably feeling pretty guilty right now and, and we should issue an apology and, uh, you know, and apologize to Joel and the Sixers because uh, you can't have commentators saying that sort of stuff. How prevalent were the fans... Was was the volume of the fans cheering when Embiid went down? Well, they, they cheered. I didn't notice. I didn't notice live, and maybe because I was just down and out. They they showed they showed they done. showed Raptors fans, you know, giving the airplane back and all that because he had mm. just been doing that. They're down thirty. He's killing them. Uh, yeah, they're they are there are some, not all, uh, um, you know, reveling in the fact that he just took a shot to the face. My whole thing is, yeah, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt, Jack Armstrong included, that it's like. We don't immediately. It doesn't immediately get known that he's got a fractured face. It's like you guys, you see guys get hit in the head, and it sucks. No one wants to get hit in the head, but it's basketball. There's, it's a physical game. It happens, and a lot of the time, nothing comes of it. There's no, you're not missing games, you're not getting fractures and stuff like that. Um, so, if they know that in the instant, then I, I think it's a much different reaction. Mm-hmm. That's what I assume most people would probably do. Yeah, but they yeah. were giving back to him what they gave. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose uh, Trey's right. Jack will issue an apology because he's a class act, obviously. Class Jack. Does that work? Every and man. A, every man. He's an everyman Jack. He's in a class of himself. It is unfortunate. I wasn't watching the Raptors broadcast. I didn't hear it right. at the time. Uh, and the game was long over at that <laughs> point. <laughs> I talked about that on the weekend shift. I had already moved on to Suns Pelicans oh, yeah. at that point. So It was like, 29, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, let's take our final break. When we come back, a tweet of the night. And, uh, you know, we'll tee up the other game that's on tonight. Suns-Mavs, game one. Don't go anywhere. All right, back in the Classic Factory. Let's start wrapping up this show with a little tweet of the night. Mmm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, I got tweet of the night. So happy none of you NBA sickos brought up this stat when we were talking about the Warriors grizzlies game because i was i was like oh if you do then i'm not gonna have a tweet of the night <laughs> but just a little fact here that i thought was fun from by tim reynolds mm. warriors extend their nba record by winning a road game for the 25th consecutive series unbelievable streak says tim unbelievable tweet says skeets uh that's pretty wild yeah that is really astonishing stuff 25 straight series lead with a road victory yeah uh, lebron had something similar i'm trying to figure out what it was i know he had uh, a crazy streak like that uh <laughs> not as crazy as 25 that. hmm what lebron specifically lebron's, LeBron's been in 25 LeBron's... straight series where he's won a road game yeah damn that's also a great tweet <laughs> if it's true but <laughs> not one uh, team not one team like on, the warriors on. let me just it might be more now it might be more oh, here wow, wow. i know I, I remember well then that's Ooh, really gonna according to windy LeBron won a road playoff game in 29 consecutive series. Damn. But that's LeBron. That's to be expected. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, amazing for the Warriors, too, here. Taking care of business. They actually... How about this, then? Let me follow okay. it up with this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Since 2015, when the Warriors really became the Warriors, the, the title-contending Warriors, championship Warriors, they're 20-2 and two in game ones. Mm. Eh? Tw- out of 20 yeah look at that look at that 2-0 oh. okay. so well the Raptors stop, stop taking my great stats <laughs> and like trying to one-up them I'm trying to advance them <laughs> I'm trying to you're advance just sucking them. his saliva there I for know. a second so you're thinking of, uh, you were thinking of the two game ones they lost yeah the Raptors, Raptors 2019 yeah. yeah right right and the Rockets I was going to say the Clippers but the I don't Grizzlies? know Grizzlies they lose that Grizzly series remember yeah they were down 2-1 but I think they won game 1 I think they won game 1 2015 yeah 
I thought they went down to lost the first games of the Clippers. I thought they were on KD. the road to Houston. But, uh, <laughs> Man, if there was only any way to figure this out. Nah, we'll never know. Uh, hold on. What was that? What was that? They're 20 and 2 in game ones. They're 20 and 2. 20 and 2 in yes, game ones. In game ones since 2015 playoffs. So the 25 straight playoff series goes beyond, yeah. beyond yeah, that yeah, to yeah. the David Lee years. Wild? Yeah. Yep. The We them. Believes. Stuff mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, tonight's games. We talked a lot about the Sixers heat already. Is anybody changing their prediction? Like, again, when we made the prediction for that series, we didn't know the Embiid news. Mm. I think we were all on the heat, if I, I think so. have yeah. that right. Um, mm-hmm. I think I had them in six. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sticking with heat in six, by the way, even with the Embiid injury. I'll stick with them just because, okay. you know, you don't need to change before the series has even started. Mm. Who knows? Maybe, look, maybe James Harden tonight thrives in that <sighs> position where he's like, Houston Rockets James Harden where he's just going to go down spread the ball around and those guys are going to knock in shots and yep. he's going to have 35 and 15 that yep. could happen he needs to almost do one of those games to make us believe maybe he's still got that in him we haven't seen tons of it recently mm-hmm. okay you guys changing anything over there you guys had uh, what did you have heat and fives over here sixes I can't remember sevens <laughs> who knows heat <laughs> yeah you had heat yeah definitely heat I feel like I was seven maybe yeah I think you yeah. were Okay, so you got a series here still, obviously, and if Embiid is coming back, that's going to come into equation. Tassie, I am, uh, I'm comfortable with uh, my Heat prediction, whatever it was. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> wow, was it five or six? I can't remember. It's just I think we were six. There, I think Heat was... and seven. Oh, seven. That was me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Tassie. <laughs> nah, no. I think you were a sixer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Mavs Suns. No, I won't even ask you what your prediction was. Uh, but what are you watching for tonight in this one? I am watching for DeAndre Ayton. I really yeah, okay. want to see uh, if the Suns really try to capitalize on that. On his size. Exactly, in the middle. Because he's not just a, like a guy who needs to play around the rim. He's got that mid-ranger. Oh, he's yeah. got some really nice Patrick Ewing-esque sort of baseline faders and the mid-range like Nikola Jokic pushes as well. And mm, I think he's got a little David Robinson mm. too. And oh, he's got little a little, shots yeah. around the yep. around the free yep. throw line. So I think that's where the Suns have a clear advantage where, um, you know, the Mavericks against the Jazz didn't have that with Rudy because Rudy can't do that, mm-hmm. you know. So will they do that? And... Um, yeah. Otherwise, will the Mavs, though, just keep spreading it out and trying to just make it rain from outside? They can do that as well. This should be a fascinating series. Yes. I'm, I'm excited for this one. What are you thinking? What do you think, Trey? Because I'm still looking up Game 1 oh, Warriors boy. loss as well. I see Trey, <laughs> Trey is concentrating on the, the series at hand. Yeah, I'm got? looking at the Donks uh, playoff game log here so far. No 40-point games yet. I'd like to see a huge Luka game because that's how the Mavericks are going to compete in this series is Luka Doncic taken over and being the best player on the court. You know, um, the Suns have two candidates in that as well, being Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yep. But if Luka's able to outplay both of them, if he's able to find Maverick shooters, get a little help from Jalen Brunson, this can still be a competitive series, but the Mavs have to shoot the ball really, really well. Thoughts? My thoughts are that uh, Tyson Apostle of uh, Survivor tweeted you because yeah, uh, good, good. Got, got it in the stream team here. <laughs> good. I asked him about Pickleball. Yeah, yeah. so he tweeted you. That's, I mean, I want to talk about Twitter while it's still fun to be on Twitter because who knows where Twitter is going. So every time I can talk about Twitter, uh, I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything oh, about the game? Oh, the game. Um just gonna enjoy it yeah yeah <laughs> you got listen it's jalen it's eh? brunson time it's jalen brunson mid-range time for me i know luca will be there but i think i think the mid-range is there for for jalen brunson to go off i think that's the biggest key okay the suns they're gonna do a good job inside with ayton they're gonna do a good job on the perimeter i think they're gonna take away a lot of those mavs 
you know, peripheral players like Maxi Kleba, even Spencer Dinwiddie shooting those open threes. I think will be a lot more contested with the Suns, but Jalen could go off. So I know Jalen had an incredible first round series, but I think he can do, you know, not, not the same, not a 30 point per game series. Like he had it was 28. I think it ended up, but he should be good. Hopefully the real question is, is tonight the night Jay Crowder hits four or five, yeah, three pointers. Yes. Put me down for a five for nine. Jay Crowder, three point shooting game tonight. This will be the one. Yeah. Six for seven for me. Wow. I've got the answer better. to the question, by the way, All right. when the Warriors lost 2016 against the Thunder. The okay. conference uh-huh. finals, okay, okay. that game. Okay. Obviously, they're up 3-1. Yeah. OKC. Okay, and uh, sense. Yeah. So, and there then, you go. And then yeah. the other one and was the, the finals. Yeah. There it is. We got there in the end, everybody. <laughs> we sure did. All right. So, those two games on tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to break them all down. Sixers Heat Game 1, Mavericks Suns Game 1. Drop your predictions in the stream team. And uh, let me know about how my tweets are doing, too. Okay. And, uh, and what Tyson said to me. Just let me know in the stream team. I won't even go check Twitter. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. And get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. I mean, our guys and gals at The Athletic... When you talk about the series get pretty heavy and intense, the breakdowns, there were like five articles on the Bucks celtics game alone. I know. And all of them were bangers. So you got to get a subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. I used to be a 915 arriver here at the Classic Factory. I'm 945 now because I just keep reading all of these classic ah, articles. that's what's happening. That's huh? exactly right. Wow. I can't get enough. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> then you I got to learn about the NFL draft. I saw the, oh, the Chicago Bears got an A for the first round. They didn't even have a draft pick. <laughs> Subscribe <laughs> to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks to figure out how that even makes sense. I, I will say, I didn't realize that the NFL draft was so like a show now. Oh, it's a party. It was like outdoor Vegas and they, ha- they have celebrities come and announce the picks. I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> Hey, they had like uh, Titus O'Neil come out to introduce a Bucks pick. Like the actual pick? Yeah. I think they, they, it's like, a, it's, uh, I guess, yeah, quite the scene. Four day show. Yeah. I think the Athletic just gives every team an A just to advertise that their logo is an A. That's what I think. <laughs> wow, that's next level. That's smart. <laughs> that's that's smart. Yeah. Very smart. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here. Back tomorrow in the Classic Factory live at 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the excuse for rest in NBA playoffs, that is bogus. Did you see what the Grizzlies did? They played Friday night, played great on Sunday night. Everyone was using that as an excuse for the Hawks because they had the play-in tournament on Friday. Then they played the Heat on Sunday. It stunk. Focus. <laughs> That's all. Brace the day, people.